Incoming transmission. Transmission Earth engaged. You are now receiving broadcasts from the human culture for a better world. Hey. Hey. You a dreamer? Yeah. I don't see too many of you around lately. Things have been tough lately for dreamers. They say dreaming's dead. No one does it anymore. It's not dead, it's just it's been forgotten. Removed from our language. Nobody teaches it, so no one knows it exists. The dreamers banished to obscurity. Well, I'm trying to change all that, and I hope you are too. By dreaming every day. Dreaming with our hands and dreaming with our minds. Our planet is facing the greatest problems it's ever faced. Ever. So whatever you do, don't be bored. This is absolutely the most exciting time we could have possibly hoped to be alive. And things are just starting. Once upon a time, there was a crooked tree and a straight tree. And they grew next to each other. And every day the straight tree would look at the crooked tree and he would say, you're crooked. You've always been crooked and you'll continue to be crooked. But look at me, look at me, said the straight tree. He said, I'm tall and I'm straight. And then one day the lumberjacks came into the forest and looked around. And the manager in charge said, cut all the straight trees. And that crooked tree is still there to this day, growing strong, growing strange. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with it don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth?
have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Dreaming? Performing reality check. Reality malfunction. Rebooting. Reboot fail. Access backup. Searching for backup. Backup found. Booting archaic revival. Loading. Please wait. Boot accepted. Cultural operating system deleted. In the past hundred years, as these super technologies have been developed in the West, the smashing of atoms, the invention of, of radio, television, computers, immunology, so forth and so on. Data has been arriving about the practices of aboriginal cultures all over the planet. That they dissolve ordinary realities, ordinary cultural values, through an interaction, a symbiosis, a relationship to local plants that perturb brain chemistry. And in this domain of perturbed brain chemistry, the cultural operating system is wiped clean. And something older, even for these people, something older, more vitalistic, more in touch with the animal soul, replaces it, replaces the cultural operating system. Something not determined by history and geography, but something writ in the language of the flesh itself. This is who you are. This is true nakedness. You are not naked when you take off your clothes. You still wear your religious assumptions, your prejudices, your fears, your illusions, your delusions. When you shed the cultural operating system, then essentially you stand naked before the inspection of your own psyche. Desmond Morris called it the naked ape. And it's from that position, a position outside the cultural operating system, that we can begin to ask real questions about what does it mean to be human? What kind of circumstance are we caught in? And what kind of structures, if any, can we put in place to assuage the pain and accentuate the glory and the wonder that lurks waiting for us in this very narrow slice of time between the birth canal and the yawning grave. In other words, we have to return to first premises. So I've been thinking about this a lot, and at first it seemed to me only a metaphor, this phrase, culture is your operating system. But because I travel around a lot 
and get that jolting experience frequently of, let's say, leaving London on a foggy evening and arriving in Johannesburg 14 hours later to a sweltering day in a city of 14 million on the brink of anarchy, I get to change my operating system frequently. And so I notice the relativity of these systems. And some work for some things and some for others. For instance, if you are a positivist, if you're running positivism 4.0, you can't support UFOs. Positivism 4.0 does not support UFOs. If, on the other hand, you're running Urantia Book 5.1 as your operating system, uh, UFOs and a number of other things can get in through the door. That is what we would technically say is a more tolerant operating system, or its plug-in support special effects denied the positivist. Well, uh, it's fun to think this way because it shows you that you're, you don't have to be the victim of your culture. It's not like your eye color or your height or your gender. Uh, it's, it's fragile. It can be remade if you wish it to be. And then the question is, well, how, do, how does one uh, uh, download a new operating system? Well, first of all, you have to clear some space on your disk. Uh, the best way to do this is probably with a pharmacological agent. Um, you think of some while I have a drink of water. Psilocybin is an excellent disc cleaner. Uh, you can put a lot of things in the trash and have them just disappear uh, with a uh, psilocybin upgrade. Uh, other pharmacological agents that will clear your disc are uh, ayahuasca. And of course, these are gentle clearings of the disc, which take five, six, seven hours. Uh, if you're in a hurry to dump that old data and leap right into the new operating system, uh, click on the button marked dimethyltryptamine. Uh, a compressed disk erasure will immediately be downloaded, unstuffed, bin hexed, implemented, installed, run, and, uh, and you will find yourself with an entirely different head. Um, now, shamans have always known, though they may not have used the kind of language I'm using here, shamans have always known this trick. What trick? It has two facets. First of all, that culture is an operating system. That's all it is. And that the operating system can be wiped out and replaced by something else. So, in essentially, what's going on among shamans and those who resort to them uh, for curing and, and counseling and so forth is somebody's running a slightly more advanced operating system than the customer. Uh, the, the shaman is in possession of certain facts about plants, about animals, about healing, about human psychology, about the local geography, about mojo of many different sorts that the client is not aware of.
client is running culture light. The shaman paid for the registered and licensed version of the software and is running a much heavier version of the software than the client. I think we should all aspire to make this upgrade. It's very important that you have all the bells and whistles on your operating system. Otherwise, somebody is going to be able to get a leg up on you. Well, what's wrong with the operating system that we have? Consumer capitalism 5.0 or whatever it is. Well, it's dumb. It's retro. It's very non-competitive. It's messy. It wastes the environment. It wastes human resources. It's inefficient. It runs on stereotypes. It runs on a low sampling rate, which is what creates stereotypes. Low sample rates make everybody appear alike when, in fact, the glory is in everyone's differences. And the current operating system is flawed. It actually has bugs in it that generate contradictions. Contradictions such as we're cutting the earth from beneath our own feet. We're poisoning the atmosphere that we breathe. This is not intelligent behavior. This is a culture with a bug in its operating system that's making it produce erratic, dysfunctional, malfunctional behavior. Time to call a tech. And who are the techs? The shamans are the techs. And the shamans have arrived, have they not? They've been popping up more in our language more and more and more and more in various cultures across the world. And for various reasons, it seems. So, yes, we do need these upgrades for our cultural operating systems, as they might be called. Because it seems that we need it. It seems or we're going to continue to deal with this shoddy, wasteful system that really doesn't cultivate any kind of intelligence. Yeah, we need to upgrade our operating systems. Isn't that true, smart computer? Hmm. Yes. Question. We are currently upgrading your cultural operating system. This archaic revival has been ignited and in a progression for a decade or more. We ask you who are listening now, who is the master that makes the grass green?
Well, the brain receives billions of signals every minute, and out of them we select a small portion and make a picture, which we project outside and consider reality. That's our reality tunnel. That's our reality tunnel. A mosquito comes in the window. A mosquito will perceive an entirely different reality tunnel than a dog. A dog will perceive a different reality tunnel than a human being. Everybody does it differently. That's why no two people ever perceive the same interlude of time. If you set a watch and uh, then stop it and ask them how long it was, they'll guess anything from 15 seconds to four minutes. Uh, if you ask them what color something is, some will say green and some will say blue. And uh, this is uh, why uh, the first problem in uh, learning Zen Buddhism is generally to identify the great master who makes the grass green. Who is the master who makes the grass green? Who is the master? Who is the master who married? Well, I, I happen to be the, uh, the uh, CEO of the Committee for Surrealist Investigation of Claims of the Normal. And we actually are offering $10,000 to anybody who can produce anything that's totally normal in all respects, or even average. And then the normalists all claim that they got something that they, they can demonstrate. They call the normal. They never can produce it. It's a mathematical abstraction. You try to find a normal, uh, a normal dog, a, a, a normal human being, a normal Irishman, a normal Portuguese, a normal American. You can't find them. There is no such thing. But everything turns out to be uh, uniquely itself and uniquely perverted from the norm. Who is the master who makes the grass green? Well, it has to do with language. Uh, as Nietzsche pointed out, it gets tiresome to say this leaf, that leaf, the next leaf, leaf number four, leaf number five, so we say leaves. And then sooner or later, some asshole like Plato comes along and says that leaves really exist. And they don't realize we created them. So the, the reality isn't haunted by the abnormal or the paranormal. The normal has been invented by a process of self-hypnosis, of creative imagination. Who is the master who makes the grass green? Who is the master who makes the grass green? Who is the master who makes the grass green? Who is the master who makes the grass green? That's our reality tunnel. Oh yeah, every reality tunnel is reinforced by a particular vocabulary. In Northern Ireland, there's a city that's called Derry by the Catholics and London Derry by the Protestants. You say Derry in one part of town and the... Protestants will shoot you. You say Londonderry in the other part of town, the Catholics will shoot you. And that's only one illustration. You go around the world, you find a million illustrations like that. People are entirely hypnotized by the words they use. And they want everybody else to use the same words, too. The world is full of people who are killing one another over who has the right reality tunnel. As noble Drew Ali said, if you let other people define reality for you, you are living in a world that is called hell. It's when you start creating your own reality that you can create a heaven.
Who is the master who makes the grass green? Who is the master who makes the grass green? Who is the master who makes the grass green? If you're Van Gogh, you live in a world with cats that look like this. If you're not Van Gogh, your cat shouldn't look like this. The sad man lives in a sad world. The happy man lives in a happy world. The angry person lives in an angry world. At the end of the valley of decision, there is always choice. Reality is what you can get away with. If you can't get away with it, it ain't real. It ain't real if you can't get away with it. Remember that. This life seems to be like some kind of dream, you know? We can't get captured by other people's reality tunnels. We all got our own. But at the same time, we got to listen to each other so we can't get lost in our own, right? Isn't that true? I think that's true. It's a simple truth. It seems to be. We need to... We need There's to... no time. They are trying to intercept our signal. Our firewall has been compromised. Please proceed with the transmission. If you awaken from this illusion and you understand that black implies white, self implies other, life implies death, or shall I say, death implies life, you can feel yourself not as a stranger in the world, not as something here on probation, not as something that has arrived here by fluke, but you can begin to feel your own existence as absolutely fundamental. I'm not trying to sell you on this idea in the sense of converting you to it. I want you to play with it. I want you to think of its possibilities. I'm not trying to prove it. I'm just putting it forward as a possibility of life to think about. So then, let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could, for example, have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time. Or any length of time you wanted to have. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure you could conceive. And after several nights of 75 years of total pleasure each, you would say, well, that was pretty great. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. And uh, you, you would dig that and come out of that and say, wow, that was a, a close shave, wasn't it? And then you would get more and more adventurous and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. You would dream the dream of living the life that you are actually living today.
that would be within the infinite multiplicity of choices you would have of playing that you weren't God because the whole nature of the Godhead according to this idea is to play that he's not so in this idea then everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality not God in a politically kingly sense but God in the sense of being the self the deep down basic whatever there is and you're all that only you're pretending you're not are we pretending or are we waking up now I don't know but we're being called out the smart computer tells me that they're trying to cut our transmission we have very little time, so we're going to proceed. Thank you all for being beautiful and existent here as we transmit these signals from the human culture for a better world. Like any body, when it feels itself to be sick, it begins to produce antibodies or strategies for overcoming the condition of dis-ease. And the 20th century is an enormous effort at self-healing. Phenomena as diverse as surrealism, body piercing, psychedelic drug use, sexual permissiveness, jazz, experimental uh, dance, rave culture, tattooing, the list is endless. What do all these things have in common? They represent various styles of rejection of linear values. The society is trying to cure itself by an archaic revival, by a reversion to archaic values. So when I see people manifesting sexual ambiguity or scarifying themselves or showing a lot of flesh or dancing to syncopated music or getting loaded or violating or violating canons of sexual behavior, I applaud all of this because it's an impulse to return to what is felt by the body, what is authentic, what is archaic. And when you when you tease apart these archaic impulses, at the very center of all these impulses is the, the desire to return to a world of magical empowerment of feeling. And at the center of that impulse is the shaman, stoned, intoxicated on plants, 
speaking with the spirit helpers, dancing in the moonlight, and vivifying and invoking a world of conscious living mystery. That's what the world is. The world is not an unsolved problem for scientists or sociologists. The world is a living mystery. Our birth, our death, our being in the moment, these are mysteries. They are doorways opening on to unimaginable vistas of self-exploration, empowerment, and hope for the human enterprise. And our culture has killed that, taken it away from us, made us consumers of shoddy products and shoddier ideals. We have to get away from that. And the way to get away from it is by a return to the authentic experience of the body. And that means sexually empowering ourselves, and it means getting loaded, exploring the mind as a tool for personal and social transformation. Uh, the, the hour is late. The clock is ticking. We will be judged very harshly if we fumble the ball. We are the inheritors of millions and millions of years of successfully lived lives and successful adaptations to changing conditions in the natural world. Now the challenge passes to us, the living, that the yet-to-be-born may have a place to put their feet and a sky to walk under. And that's what the psychedelic experience is about, is caring for, empowering, and building a future that honors the past, honors the planet, and honors the power of the 